Hey everyone and welcome to Pixels, a podcast for the discerning gamer. everyone and welcome to Pixels. This is a show where we cover the news, the news from the video games industry. We cover PC, consoles, mobile, industry, analysis, everything you would ever wish, wish or hope to have in a gaming podcast, hopefully with a little bit of entertainment on the side. And today it's the big Red Dead Redemption 2 episode. So much so that I wonder if we'll even have time for anything other than cowboys and uh, ponies bumping into trees and shooting off their uh, riders into the air. My name is Patrick Beja, and uh, I'm very glad to be welcoming to the show once again possibly the biggest Red Dead Redemption fan, I'm not going to say in the world, but the biggest Red Dead Redemption fan I know, one Mr. Scott Johnson from Utah, United States of America. From Utah. Yeah, no, I think I might be the number one fan that you know. I'm sure someone else out there is more obsessed than me, but um, I've gone on record multiple times saying that Red Dead Redemption 1 was the game of the entire generation during the sort of 360 PS3 era, if we if we wanted to find that as a generation. And I, and I hold to that. I still say it's the best thing that ever happened during that time. And eight years later, uh, we now have a sequel. And... A prequel really but you know a follow-up and i have all sorts of things to say about it today so will mm. scott retain his his level of excitement for the series will mm. he still believe that red dead redemption one or two are the greatest games ever made hmm we'll, we'll have, have to wait, to wait. yeah so I, I was even wondering if we were going to talk about anything else but i think we can run through the news very quickly and then discuss red dead redemption 2 uh at length because I was pretty certain that this the discussion around this game was going to be, uh, that's what I was saying on my friend show, was going to be, oh yeah, awesome, super cool, game of the year, perfect, let's move on. Basically, that was going to be the entirety of the discussion. Uh, and it turns out there is differing opinions, dif- yeah, differing opinions about the game. Um, so that's going to make for a very interesting discussion. I have a lot of things to say, and uh, I'm sure you do too. But before we get to that, let's yeah. talk very quickly. Just going to run through a, a little bit of news and get them out of the way. Uh, first of all, financial results. Essentially, everyone's doing super well. Uh, and mostly Microsoft, Sony, and Nintendo are all doing well. Microsoft, uh, a couple of things that they have announced or, you know, talked about around uh, the time of the financial re- results uh, calls which we're going to extract uh, as interesting things as opposed to uninteresting things that are many, just numbers. Uh, Microsoft has announced they're going to be putting, uh, well, number, they're, they're, the, the game division is growing and uh, the revenue is growing, so they're doing well. But most importantly, the Xbox Game Pass is going to be coming somehow to uh, the PC. And we don't know what form that's going to take, but uh, that's intriguing because, of course, we already have the Microsoft first-party games that are um, there available on PC uh, as well as on Xbox One. And you get access to uh, those games on both platforms when you have uh, the Game Pass uh, subscription. 
But of course, on Xbox, you get a lot more games. So they're going to try to bring that over to the PC as well. That's exciting. It is exciting. I actually have a theory about it. Um, since Game Pass sort of already exists in that way, like if somebody wanted to set up Game Pass and they don't even have a, uh, an Xbox One, but still wanted to play Horizon Zero Dawn on PC and have it as a subscription model, they can. You mean but it's just Forza Horizon? Forza Horizon, right? Uh, what did I say? Horizon Four? Yeah, no, for Horizon Zero Dawn, which you can play on oh. PC, by the way, or maybe not because no, it's not yet. No, you can't because it's on uh, the PlayStation Now. Uh, it's not yet on PlayStation Now, which you can play on PC, but you can play Bloodborne if that's your thing on PC. Yeah, if you're into that, now. sure. Yeah, I got the wrong name, but the the um, the idea is already a good one, and I think has been successful for them, and I think it's a great step uh, forward for everything Microsoft does. I think Game Pass is going to be huge for them. My current theory is they're going to, at some point, maybe slowly ramp up to it or maybe all at once. I don't, I don't know. But I think they're going to make a play for the uh, typically Steam-dominated PC market. And I think they can do that with a subscription, all-you-can-eat Netflix model to, to gaming. Now, will that mean a similar library? Will it mean It means a, a whole lot of questions because licensing and who's going to be willing to do that how those companies get paid versus when games are bought outright and they just do a percentage cut like on steam or gog like there's a lot of questions about it but i think that they have interest in that and i really want to see what their play is yeah i think it's even more than that uh everyone else is going to be doing it uh we have the announcement from ea we have ubisoft being interested in in something like that as well streaming and probably streaming and non-streaming if you have the streaming capability maybe you'll throw in the non-streaming as well um so they have to do it on pc too or because they have to be competitive i think there's a lot of that as well and the interesting thing is that people or companies that might have included their games in game pass on xbox in the past because you know that's a funnel to access the uh, consumers might not do the same on pc because they can access the consumers uh, directly without having to go through microsoft so it's going to be interesting to see how it uh, how it plays out yeah uh, very excited Sony is doing well as well. Uh, the PlayStation 4 is selling just as well as it did before. They have reached 86 million units sold, which likely puts them, we don't have exact numbers, but probably puts them above the numbers of the Xbox 360 and PlayStation uh, 3 in much less time. So definitely a very, very, very successful console on Sony. Um not directly related, but but have you seen the restrictions and the warnings you have on the name change uh, for PSN uh, that yeah, they have a, disclosed? Yeah, it's insane. I, it's, I, I what they, we are clearly dealing with a very two things are happening here. We're dealing with a very old legacy system of name management that they've used since they've had a service, uh, which would have been I maybe even PS2 era um some of that i'm not sure if some of that carried forward but anyway certainly from ps3 so people are still using their same names their same account info all that other stuff and so for them to change that was not only a pretty big technical feat for them to do because they had to kind of retrofit everything of course they do it different if they could start over but they had to do that and then they thought hey if we're gonna do this we could charge money for weird times people <laughs> want to change their name multiple times. Like it's just another revenue you know, stream for them. I, really I don't weird. think I don't think that's a big uh factor in the decision. I think they're gonna charge obviously, but if they could have gotten away without doing it, they would have. Because it seems that the the restrictions we're hearing about are or the warnings at least you can 
lose access to old content that you've paid for. You can lose access to old games. Uh, now, they're saying most, you know, place, the vast majority of PS4 um, and Vita games are not going to be affected, but it might happen. So it might be that, you know, the, the system was hard coding the ID as, you know, elements of the, uh, um, of the network. And if you change your name, then it's not going to be able to find the old ID or something like that. Um, right. But yeah, anyway, it's it's uh, seems. I'm guessing that it won't be as bad as this list of warning makes it seem. They just wanted to be on the safe side, but wow, it looks bad. <laughs> yeah, it looks really bad. I mean, may, I, a lot of my programmer friends are the ones that are like, they're like, how in the world is this what they did? Like, mm. I can't believe this is how... Yeah, complete lack of foresight when they implemented it. Oh, yeah, without question. People are always giving Nintendo so much heat for this side of their online well, business. Yeah. Whatever they are, and they deserve it. But yeah. it's funny to watch Sony get caught in that, and they're caught in it a little late. Because in many other ways, the console is ahead of the game. It's you know got this cool remote play feature, and it's got all kinds of other connected cool technologies and you know abilities to share your content and all this other stuff. Like They're kind of fine for, in those other regards, or at least somewhat competent. But then you got this legacy thing just sort of niggling in the back of their head going, you know, that name thing's really going to bite us in the butt. It's game specific and all these problems. And, and it's, you know, it's a mess. you're saying they're late and they definitely are. But I think it, it's better to do it now and uh, feel the pain for a, a few months or a year. And then, you know, you have a clean break and you can start over and you still have a good time left for the ps4 and then on ps5 it will be it will be good so and i the only thing i hope is that they can use the system that everyone uses now which is you choose your name and then you have a you know four or five digits afterwards so that multiple people can have the same name if they don't do that i don't you know i'm gonna my head's gonna explode yeah i they yeah it's all very weird and i know that uh, you know all these console companies have had to deal with this it's one of the disadvantages there are many advantages to consoles. Like, well, you know, I mean, I, I wouldn't say they've they've all had to deal with it. Microsoft did it right, I think, from the beginning, uh, because they were more tech savvy company, it seems. And Nintendo hasn't had to deal with it because they didn't do it until now. I'm exactly that's a good point. That, like in Microsoft's case, they have other issues. They have like the worst performing dashboard. It's sluggish and slow. Mm, right. Even on Xbox One X, it's confusing. Like, there's some UI issues. Like, they just all have this kind of stuff. And my point is that in the in a in the PC world you're constantly updating like steam has a new update every other day. And you know, there's always something new to download and patch and to fix and to do, and they don't have that kind of turnaround on consoles and that kind of, you know, it just needs to work. Okay. It's working. Okay. Now we just do all the games people are paying for a subscription. Okay. We're good. And then eventually though, you have to face that demon and go, Oh crap. What are we going to do with <laughs> these games? And now they're doing it. So there you go. Yeah. Well, talking about Nintendo, they sold uh, 3.2 uh, million uh, Switch consoles in Q2. They're still on track. They're hoping to sell uh, 10 million. Uh, I'm sorry. Wait, 10 or 20 million, I think, in the current um, ca calendar year. So that's until the end of March. I think it's 20 million. Uh, and they're yeah. halfway there, uh, almost. I think they can do so. it, too, because we're now entering holiday season. This is when you would see a huge uptick in sales mm. for, for all these makers, but for them in particular. Yeah. So. I they, they sold like it. they sold seven point two million in the holiday season last year, but they had Mario. They had you know now there's going to be Smash, but I don't know that that's going to be enough to top last year's numbers. But I you still have until March to 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 do it. But 
I mean, they will yeah. at, at the very least get close to to that uh, number. Yeah, they're going to have to count. They have to count on Smash to do it because I guess, that's yeah. really it. Yeah. I'm still, you know, I'm still not a hundred percent. I mean, they have already sold more units than the GameCube, which was a failure. Um, yeah. But so it's not like the console is still is successful now, even if it stops selling now. But I don't know how much it's going to keep growing, uh, given the lack of titles for 2019 from what we've seen. Um, but anyway, that's a discussion for another day. Sure. Um, so that's an interesting one. Epic Games uh, has raised uh, $1.25 billion on the back of, uh, night, uh, of Fortnite, which is a lot of money, and I'm I'm thinking they might be uh, future-proofing their studio by doing what all big uh, such developers do, which is doing multiple internal studios to get started on multiple additional games. I, I'm I'm wondering if they're not going to use the incredible success of Fortnite to essentially become Blizzard and and have a, a library of games even as a single. Um, developer slash, you know, they're not their own publisher. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, there was such an interesting company to begin with because it was all about the original Unreal games and then about licensing the Unreal Engine. That was their business model. And it, yeah, it was definitely well. their, their main revenue stream. Like games were almost a side thing. Yeah, for, and for a while there, they weren't really making anything. It was just this engine. And that's still a thing. So it's still a point of revenue for them. Mm. But uh, to see them... Just to see seeing, uh, seeing Fortnite kind of single-handedly refocus them into being a games company again is really interesting. And with that kind of injection of money and the kind of cash they're piling up, they could do just that. They could be another Blizzard, another Bethesda, another, you know, name a company, you know, another Valve, a company who's taken their thing and gone to the next level as a result. They, they're poised to do it. Um, I'd like them to finish and properly put out a real good Unreal game. And by that, I mean <laughs> Unreal Tournament, the one they're working on that they've been quiet about for a bit. Um, I think that was a thing they were really hanging their, their hat on before Fortnite exploded. And then everything kind of got eclipsed. So, um, you know, if they want me interested in that, in their uh, launcher, because Fortnite really doesn't do it for me at all. <laughs> uh, I'd go over there, though, for Unreal and ar- arena shooters, stuff like that is some of my favorite stuff ever. So, yeah, I mean, that have me there. That uh, round uh, of of investment they're doing, or what do you call it when you receive the investment uh, right. <laughs> of uh, money raising, uh, capital raising that they're doing is the thing that makes me go, uh huh? Because they're making tons of money. They could use that money um, without raising any capital. But the fact right. that they are, and $1.25 billion, that is a, a lot of money. So the fact they're doing that um means they're i don't know it feels like a, a shifting the company's strategy um because they could have been happy with just fortnite and the revenue from the unreal engine as you mentioned and you know raking it in and be happy but they're doing something else so and that's i think people should see that as a positive thing i've i've seen their reaction to fortnite's success uh as also a positive thing because they haven't slowed down they've just went hard they went okay this has taken off what are we doing okay new uh, have you seen new their uh, nightmare event yeah like they're 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 all hands all deck uh, on deck and it has been since since that thing with the battle royale mode launched and and it took some success i they've shown themselves to be serious about it and i think that's good 
they've got a pretty sizable ownership in China with, is it Tencent who owns some portion of them? I forget who it is. I, yeah, it's yeah, always I think so, yeah. It's oh, all, yeah, it's exactly. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yes, I think it is because it's always. Though, you know, for all we know, those 10 cent people are always hovering around trying to make sure everything's going the way it's supposed to go. Whatever the motivations are, though, they they seem to really be interested in not just resting on their laurels and kicking back. And that's, for me, as a as someone who values that in a game company, a games company, I, I, I like that a lot. So mm. they could do some really cool stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it is Tencent. Uh, they have a 40% stake um, in the company, but yeah, did they purchase them whole entirely? I mean, I don't no, think so. No, I think they just no, still maybe, have a, it's yeah. not a controlling stake, but it's a pretty big ta- share yeah. at the table. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I think they, 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 are, they have a lot to do with probably saving Epic. I don't know the story about around it, but I don't think Epic was doing all that great a few years ago. And I yeah. think that was a way of for them to stay afloat i'll bet they're now just like gosh dang it if we just released fortnite battle royale before that we could have just done this ourselves wow it was a while ago um all right so moving on twitch is still dominating uh the live streaming market which is unsurprising youtube has uh, 25%. They increased by 10%, uh, but that's not l- games live streaming. Uh, so Twitch is still the king there. They've announced a couple of interesting things. Um, one is moderation tools, which are going to help, uh, hopefully, for some of the chat issues <laughs> we're seeing there. Uh, but another more interesting one is squad streaming. You can stream th- four people together. And uh, I don't know exactly how you control what you see if... Uh, you know, viewers have agency over this, or if it's just the 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 editor or uh, the main uh, the main user. But that's an interesting concept, and I think it's overdue to be able to stream multiple streams together. Uh, but it can, I'm sure, it can do some really cool things for for not just for the viewing exp- viewing experience, but even um, more for getting people to discover other streamers they might like. So that's kind oh, of oh yeah, for sure. These the the, the collaborations can be you know, career starters for a lot of these guys and gals doing stuff on Twitch. But not only that, like, I just like generally the technology angle they're taking with new ideas on Twitch, their integration of, um, for example, these uh, the way they do extensions is really cool. And the D and D beyond extension that we're now using for our D and D show on Saturdays is so cool. Cause basically it puts our character sheets up on screen Players can interact directly with the video and like click on my character and see what my hit points are. Uh, how many spl- spell slots do I have left in this encounter? Like all my stats, all my inventory, that sort of thing, and do it in real time. So if something changes, they see the change, and it's all programmatically handled, and you're interacting directly with the video in this new way. I think that is so freaking cool that they're doing just this kind of stuff in general, and it makes sense that this is the next sort of direction they go, and that's just one aspect of it. What you described is another. Certainly they have, you know, probably other things in mind, but I'll tell you the best thing that happened to Twitch was Amazon money. Just they've been able to invest and and plan and make new ideas and put, push them out to market and try them out and in a way and at a speed that they were never doing before. Mm, maybe, yeah. Maybe it. Uh, there's uh, Papa Jeff Bezos over there saying, innovate now. Maybe. I mean, maybe. at the very least, it's even <laughs> if they've just like given a hands-off approach, there's... You know, there's money to yeah, be they approved. Were, they were doing do. things. They were doing things before, but it does seem like now they have. It's not just they're doing things and they have money. It's that they have all the money in the world, so right. they can. And it was only, and at the time, it was only 
games. Now it's not. Now it's yeah. so much more than just games, and that changes the entire dynamic about what that place is and is you know how how it gets used. And I mean, they've. I felt like they were just kind of they were they were going along doing fine, but you're right. All the money <laughs> when you have all the money, sometimes sometimes that helps. It's a big deal. <laughs> when you have all the money, sometimes that helps. Yeah. Uh, someone else or another company that is uh, doing pretty well is Discord. They've launched their store that was almost two weeks ago. Uh, so it's a little bit of a, a old piece of news. But I did want to mention that it's a really interesting move for Discord because unlike the other stores, they're not developer exclusive, right? There, there's basically Steam. And then all of the other ones are stores by developers that are trying to make it so they don't have to pay the 30% to Valve when using Steam, um, which is an obvious well, advantage. Not all of them, but yeah, a bunch of them. Like good old games is, they're a lot like right. Valve actually, but, in that it's Project CD or behind it originally and all that. But but there are, you know, there are a number of stores who are basically what Steam does, but you're right, they are very few in number steam is the clear gorilla in this market and outside of those who are big enough like blizzard bethesda and others you know most people can't move to their to their own thing and i think the thing that makes this um really interesting um for for discord and for the ecosystem of stores on pc is that unlike good old games or even you know if you want to uh uh use the term store for a different type of thing, um, itch.io or things like that. Discord already has a user base that is gigantic and people use Discord anyway for other things, right? So not only is it a store that is independent from developers, so it has uh, an advantage there, but also it already has people using it. So I think Good Old Games is an excellent store, but people don't really have a reason to go there unless they really, really want to have something DRM-free, which... Clearly, not everyone, everyone, sorry, everyone cares about. So right. I think it's really interesting what Discord is doing there, and they have an advantage over most of the others, except, of course, Steam. But uh, yeah. we'll see. Uh, yeah, and, it, and Steam is such a freaking juggernaut. Like, you know, how they even compete here is 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 so tricky. And I, I was, I'm always thinking about, well, who could be Steam? Who could do it? Could well, Blizzard that's my do point. It? Maybe. No, and, but- you're, and you're right. Discord's got such raw numbers. Like ridiculous amounts of people use discord across everything so even if you're buying from steam you playing blizzard games spending time somewhere else in somebody else's store the one common thing this these days is you're all using discord with your friends and with your multiplayer and with your whatnot exactly so the fact that that's the case you just have this built-in audience who's ready to look at a thing you're doing at least that's the theory and i don't know how they're doing so far out of the gate i'd love to hear if they've had a spike in the subscriptions and all that but i think you know it's it's it comes down to what games are available and obviously right now it's mostly indies um and they they're saying you know discord is saying we choose the games we put on our store so that you have a curated experience which you know given the number of games that come out on on steam is almost a blessing i agree but i think it's the reason is more that you know they can't really (laughs) get older games because if they could they would um but you know it's going to be a long road uh they're going to start with just a a few small games and it's going to grow and if it does make money for the people who put their games on there then there will be more people who put their games on there Um, but down the line over a few years it might be a a serious alternative to steam it's possible yeah i'm very curious to follow that and i also like i mean so far it's mostly small games um but i think you may have mentioned it's small stuff there's no triple a titles 
but that that could change real quick if if the uptake is fast exactly um hey uh do you remember intel in television i do remember in television my friend had one and we went there all the time and played hockey and uh some weird god game i don't remember the name of so they decided to do something incredibly weird uh (laughs) they're releasing (laughs) they're releasing a new console called the amico um so it's, you would think, you know, if Intellivision is going to do something, they're going to try to ride uh, the wave of retro mini consoles nostalgia that is uh, sweeping the country and countries uh, over the past few years. And it kind of is because they're going to be inspired by the original games, but at the same time, it's going to be a fully developed console that is going to have a number of different uh, uh, games. It's going to have controllers that are weird um, it, and it's going to have original only games basically games you can only get on this console uh the console is going to cost between 150 bucks and 180 bucks the games are going to be fixed priced no free-to-play bullcrap no microtransactions uh between three and eight bucks a piece yeah and it's going to have 20 uh several built-in games and 20 more in the online store and it's coming out in 2020. I, <laughs> in that description, I, I count like, I don't know. I said 10 things. I count 15 wrong things with this picture. Um, yeah. None of this excites me. I wish I could. I wish I, you know, I, got, I ended up with the Nintendo or the NES and SNES classics. I'm sort of kind of maybe interested in the PlayStation 1, except, I don't know, those games don't hold up like Pixel stuff yeah. does. But uh despite all of that you know i like this resurgence i think it's fun to to do this the the prices are pretty good and all that um i wouldn't care if they said we're making a new Intellivision and we're bringing back that dumb card controller and the little wheel and everything like that would be not exciting because here's the truth the Intellivision wasn't great it was there and it existed at a time where i could suck up a little bit of the vacuum but pretty quick right around the corner there was going to be way better stuff and everyone quickly forgot about their Intellivisions and fired up, fired up their NESs, and we never looked back. So it's yeah. a hard bet, a hard bet to to, to a count on everybody going, oh, a new thing <laughs> by the Intellivision people. Sign me up! Like it's not that exciting. And even more importantly, um, they have exclusive games, so all of the games are going to be available only on that. Yeah. Meaning, developers have to develop a game for this console. That is going to be sold at the price of three bucks or eight bucks. That's it. They don't have an option to monetize further. And the game is not going to be available on any other store, any other console. What developer is going to be doing that? Um, I think the only the thing they are counting on is maybe having that, you know, uh, if Toys R Us comes back from the dead or, you know, any other big brand store, um, they, they will sell this as a toy and people can just buy it and be sure that their kids are not going to have any other access to other games or, you know, I, I don't even know. Even the trailer is weird at the end when they make it like this this blockbuster movie ending where they see all of the faces of the actors, except here it's like, we have people from the gaming industry. And like they announce it now and release it in 2020. Like 2020, we're going to have probably we're going to be going to the next generation of consoles like anyway 
it's a weird thing. It seems yeah. doomed um, beyond just a, you know a, a small number of we buy it because it's a toy and fine whatever. I feel similar about the way that Atari thing's been shown. Um, but even I the Atari thing is a little bit more promising, and that's you yeah. know it isn't much, that's, but yeah, the bar is pretty low. I, I mean, even you know when the Ouya was a thing, it feels like all this stuff is just like bad Ouya. Yeah. Every time I hear about one. And the only time I trust him, it's like, oh, well, an NES. Yeah, that's like a cultural milestone. That's like, of course, you want a classic version of that. Of course, that's a thing they're going to try to do. And of course, it needs to come from Nintendo, you know? Right. Th this stuff is just weird. Like, when's where's the ColecoVision one? When do we get the Magnavox, whatever it was called, that played Pong? Like, I don't care about it. Yeah. Like, I, I don't, I, I mean, I'm not, maybe I'm not the guy they're aiming for, but. I think I no one's the guy or gal they're aiming for. That's the problem. <laughs> uh, I don't, I don't, you know, to be honest, I don't even think they know who they're aiming for. They, they might have a vague idea of, oh, yeah, people kind of like Intellivision. Like, even if it wasn't Intellivision, the brand, I don't think anyone would be talking about it. And that's not enough of a hook. So anyway, we'll see what happens. Maybe we'll all be proven wrong. Um, yeah. All right, let's let's just mention very quickly. Soul Calibur Six has a uh, character creation tool that is crazy, and of course, everyone's using it to make uh, inappropriate content and also funny things. Um, and and Two uh, B from Nero Tomata is going to be coming to Soul Calibur Six, which, if people remember my feelings about Nero Tomata, uh, they will know that this is not necessarily a plus for me. Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> Return to Oberdeen. Uh, Return of the Oberdeen is a weird game that I haven't tried, but I'm curious if you have at least seen the, the I haven't graphics. Yet, but I've heard stuff about it. It seems very cool. It's um, the guy that did um, uh, Papers, Please. So he has a very specific intent in his game design. And the graphics, just before... Sorry, Scott, I, I cut you off, but uh, the, the graphics are essentially two colors, like literally by color. Uh, it's black and white, and the shades of gray are simulated by uh, little dots of black in a white surface. And it's like 3D graphics passed through a filter of black and white like this, like, like Apple II graphics, but finer resolution. Um, mm -hmm. It's weird. Yeah, it looks... It looks. I loved Papers, Please. I played the hell out of it. Uh, there was a time when I was playing Papers, Please, where it became obvious to me that I was playing, and basically, an, it was like I was an accountant trying to have fun. <laughs> um, but because he had said it where he had said it, and because he was telling a, the story he was telling, it made it seem important to be processing people's passports all day. Right. Uh, it's a really magical thing to pull off. I think so. I have high expectations for this, and I've heard a lot of people talking about it, but I have not checked in yet. Yeah, me neither. It's just, it's so original that I wanted to mention it. Um, and it's got an interesting, like, uh, not time travel, but exploring, yeah, I guess time mechanic that, anyway, it's, it's keep an eye on it. Um, and finally, Days Gone has been delayed by two months. It's going to be releasing in April and uh, get out of the uh, Day of Doom of Anthem and other games uh, in February. But it's going to be releasing, yeah, in April, and uh, I, I'm, I, I want to keep out hope for Days Gone, uh, but also it's weird because it, I don't think we're going to have two zombie games from Sony as exclusive games for, for the PS4 in 2019, which might mean we don't get The Last of Us Part Two in 2019, which makes me sad. But 
I we'll sometimes see. get the feeling we're never going to see days days gone. Oh, like, I just get this feeling. It's just one of those things where did it even it didn't even show at E three. Remember that? Nothing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, just, I I'm guessing uh, it's gone through some reworks, but well, I'm sure it has, and I'm sure that they're they don't want to just throw stuff away. But you know, games get canceled. I I think that maybe that game missed its window for the best time to release a game with massive numbers of zombies in it and i think maybe people aren't as interested i don't know it's hard for me to gauge because because sony themselves have just been so quiet mm. so i don't know yeah. i don't know i know i can tell you that i have zero interest in it <laughs> i have some <laughs> interest in it but maybe not yeah. a lot but i know yeah. I, I i don't know we'll see close to zero interest in it i really don't it's just not doing it for me they showed other games this year that were like whoa okay now i know what i'm looking forward to and it wasn't right right yeah yeah understandable ghost of tsushima was one of those all right we have spent enough time not discussing red dead redemption 2 so i think it's time we now correct that mistake and talk about red dead redemption 2 for a long time um so as i'm as i mentioned earlier in the show i thought this discussion was just going to be game of the year thanks very much goodbye uh i don't think that's going to be that in in very quickly uh can you tell me and us uh what you think of the game in a few words if we you had to summarize it and how long have you spent on it just to give it context Uh, probably eight nine maybe ten hours in Oh, that's it? I've played more than you. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. No, I've been... Yeah, I've had too much going on. And BlizzCon's going to make it even worse. But I did play about 10 hours of it, probably 10, 12. Maybe it's 12. Mm. I don't know. I have to look at it. But uh, a lot of late nights, so it's probably more than I think it is. Um, I think that we... Okay, I'll say a couple of things. This will be short. I think a lot of people, myself included had forgotten just how methodical this game is or what the the original red dead was that game was very deliberate it was get in it was get on your horse it was go do a thing by riding there and not cheating through some kind of quick travel and when you get there get off your horse do the thing you got to do skin that animal put it on your horse get back on your horse like there's a lot of sort of deliberate i wouldn't call it necessarily simulation although some have said that but it's very, very devoted to just the complete milieu of the Old West. That's what they're aiming for, and they always have aimed for it. And I think we've forgotten that. We played a lot of fast-paced Assassin's Creed games with lots of fast travel and quick horses that come up even if you whistle in the middle of the water, suddenly they're there. Like <laughs> We've really gotten you know, a lot of quality-of-life things that have made us soft <laughs> when it comes to what Red Dead was selling. And I'm not saying that's a good thing or a bad thing. I'm going to say, in my case, it took me the first probably hour to to reacclimate and go oh right this is that's how these feel that's what this is this experience is this and once i got there and started you know getting into story missions and 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 getting where i wanted to go and seeing what that world had to offer i am now ready to call it 12 hours in i think it is game of the year and mm-hmm. i realize that's not going to be the weird thing in 2018 to say it's got pretty much universal critical acclaim um with very few exceptions uh there's more of a split among some fans but again i think we as gamers forget what things used to be like and whether that's a good thing or a bad thing i don't know but all i know is once i got once i embraced the pace as i've been saying it uh and remembering why i'm in that world and why i love it so much it's completely changed my outlook on it i think it's amazing 
I think it's an incredible piece of work and I expect to be playing it long after I finish the story and well into the online and whatever else they're going to offer that thing. I'm a hundred percent in and I will buy it again on PC when it happens. Because <laughs> if it I'm happens, happy yeah. playing that again. I think it guaranteed. Well, I don't know if you saw it, but the companion app had something in it that kind of gave away a PC version. Yeah. Give away uh, something on PC. It might be another companion app for the, for, you know, windows. We, d- we don't it know. Could, it it might totally be. could be or something yeah. weird like that. It's hard to say at this point, but I think they, they had way too much success with GTA five on PC that, that really extended the life of that of that game in a way that made them billions of dollars so i don't mm. think they're going to ignore that this time and they're talking about a unified platform of x86 architecture and they don't have to worry about what they had to worry about with the last generation but the point is uh i love it and i dream about it and i want to be in it all the time <laughs> and it's exactly what i was what i was wanting it's exactly it and that's funny and I feel very strongly about it you've you've basically summarized i think the journey that a lot of people are going to be a lot of people that love the game are going to be going through and a lot of people who don't love the game are going to be rejected not rejected by disgusted by um mm. i mean it's already one of the top selling games in the history of the world it's a uh, number two on that list number one being gta four, four uh, five um it grossed 725 million dollars in the first three days um gta 5 did 1 billion in that same yeah. time in the same period uh, those are numbers from our good friend uh, daniel ahmad on on twitter um yeah. But I mean, he collated them. Uh, for context, Call of Duty Black Ops 2, which is the most biggest selling um, uh, game in the in the Call of Duty history, uh, grossed $500 million uh, in one day and $1 billion in 15 days. Uh, so Red Dead Redemption 2 is already at $725 million uh, in the first three days. So it's, yeah, it's doing it's well. It's incredibly successful in that regard. Right. I mean, there is one thing I would say um to people who like if somebody came and said <clears throat> scott you speak very highly of this i don't really like westerns should i get this game no don't get this game you're not gonna like it like the pace the the expression of that world all of that stuff hinges a little bit on whether or not you're cool with that lore or not if you're cool with the 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 great mythology of the old west or not if you're if you're not i don't think i'd recommend it i'd say oh, yeah. no, go play spider-man or something because this is just going to make you feel like you're riding your horse all day or something, but well, because you are. And I think that's important. You know, you're, 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 uh, uh, kind of glossing over that aspect of the game, uh, which I think is key to, because the thing, so of course, uh, a prequel to red dead redemption one, which came out in uh, 2010. I don't know who would ignore that part of the story, but I'm going to go over it anyway, for context. Uh, one of the most highly regarded games in history, um, red dead redemption one. Uh, I mean, it was a PS three, Xbox 360 era game of the generation for many people. Um, I would give it to the last of us, but that's just me. Um, I, I loved it as well. It was one of the most fully realized open world games that had ever been made uh, until then, until it. We've had some interesting open world games that have expanded those concepts um, and, and sometimes been more or less successful in more or less ways. But I think one thing that stays with everyone who's played Red Dead Redemption 1 is this idea that you feel like you are in the Wild West. Um, And and that is something that is, uh, uh, you know, grander 
than just the mechanics of the game or the missions of the game. Or it's almost intangible the fact that they manage to make you feel like you're in that not world, but in that time period almost. Right. Uh, I want right. to say. Um, yeah. And the thing is, so the game came out and uh, reviews came out on the day that they they came out or the day before. And it stands at like what ninety eight, ninety seven percent on Metacritic, one of the high highest uh, uh, ranked games ever. The thing that I think is interesting is, I think they chose uh, Red Dead Redemption's. Uh, uh, I mean, Rockstar chose the publications that they knew had journalists that were already fans of their games, uh, and sent review code to them. And maybe not to people who didn't uh, uh, already love their games, you know, or at least had uh, someone that they knew would love the previous games like Red Dead Redemption 1 and GTA 5. The reason I'm well, saying every, this... Every single major outlet has them. Like, they all had reviews early. Nobody was saying they didn't get them, did they? Uh, there, there are a couple in France, at least, that didn't get them. Um, oh. And I'm sure that in, in other... Maybe it's not. Maybe it's different. Maybe it's a French uh, thing I'm relaying here. It's possible. Um, mm. But the thing, the reason I'm saying this is that Red Dead Redemption Two has serious, serious issues uh, in its game design. It is essentially all of the issues that you find in um, GTA Five and Red Dead Redemption One. The mechanics of the thing are a little bit weird. The um, uh, uh, physics of the world are sometimes cumbersome. The way the control scheme is weird. The you have fifteen different buttons to do one thing, or one button that does fifteen different things. Like my first couple of hours um, was a collection of me running into trees and running into people in a town, which would then make me wanted. And like you bump into someone in a town, and it's like. Well, what are you doing? They put up their, they put out their gun and shoot you or, you know, call the police. And you're like, what the, I, I didn't, what? And yeah, you just got to, you got to highlight them and then hit square and try to defuse it. Yes, exactly. That's what you need to try to do. But, uh, so I'll, I'll tell you a, a quick anecdote about my first trying to get a mission in a town. Um, yeah. I get into that town. I'm riding a little bit too, too fast and I bump into someone they get angry, I get wanted, I I get arrested or something, or I flee, uh, come back, try to get the quest a second time, um, in, engage the cinematic mode, which gets you a third-person camera and makes it very pretty to look at. Um, in in non-cinematic mode, you press R2, or the, the, the I'm sorry, L2, the left trigger, um, to interact with someone in speech. What I didn't, I don't know if I didn't do it correctly or, but I press L2, it pulls out the gun and shoots the person. I'm like, holy, what? No. I, I stopped like arrested a second time. It happened a third time as well. I, I like, I, I was uh, riding through the countryside uh, and there was a hill. I was riding a little bit too fast, bumped into a guy on his horse. We both fly off our horses, get hurt. Uh, I get up and I'm like, oh, holy crap, are you... Like, I start thinking, are you okay? Uh, is it... Right, right. 
and and I I tried to go to him to help him, and he's like, "Oh, what did you do?" Like pulls out his gun and starts shooting me. Yeah. I, so I'm like, I have to defend myself. I shoot right. him back, kill him, and then I turn around. There's a witness. The witness yep. is like, "Oh, what did you do? He, I'm gonna call the cops." Uh, so I I start running after him, but I'm like, I'm not gonna kill him. I didn't like he wasn't shooting at me. Twenty seconds later, the cops are there, uh, trying to get me. Like all of the <laughs> systems contributed to show me everything wrong about the systems. Uh, See, that's even that's interesting because I never had an experience like that uh, where where I got in that that loop of trouble. Yeah, uh, it was weird. Yeah, that is a little bit, that's a little and, bit weird. But but I think I have an explanation. Um, and before I get to that, the first two hours are essentially an introductory mission, a tutorial uh, uh, oh, yeah. chapter. And they are, when you say methodical, that's an understatement. I don't think Red Dead Redemption 1 was this slow. They are uh, excruciatingly I don't know. I think if you went slow. back and played it, I think if you went back and played it, the, I remember the first three hours of red dead being very slow maybe like very but, like okay talking to a lady, go out and rat lasso a horse that escaped bring him back like it's very I think similar it wasn't, i think it wasn't as uninteresting i think the problem with chapter one which is the intro i think it's very uninteresting because it's quite subtle um mm. it is and and i'm gonna get to the part where i'm actually agreeing with you um the first chapter the first two hours are slow subtle and and like essentially nothing happens or very little happens you have a couple of action scenes but mostly you're walking around very slowly and and talking to people in a story that isn't uh uh compelling like mm. it's not super active at and, that and stage. at that stage it's not i i mean yeah. that's i can't disagree with that that's true it's very early on you're just like well we're in this gang we're trying to survive let's get out of the snow doing our stuff whatever and you're right like but i felt that way about marsden and his first two hours in red dead one was yeah. the same it's like eh, you're I, a guy we don't know what's going on he's talking to this lady he's gonna help her get a horse back does he like her i don't know whatever maybe i think it was a little bit more compelling in in red dead redemption one and also uh this relates more to the to mechanics which are again people are people might say oh you know it was the same in red dead redemption one sure that was eight years ago um the the you would expect the um control scheme to have evolved to have been improved especially in a game like this which has you know crunch and issues which we talked about last time oh by the way go read the um report the report by uh, Jason Trier for Kotaku. He spoke to like 90 current and former employees of uh, Rockstar and they tell him about the very, very difficult development process that they have at, the, at those multiple studios, especially um, the one in Lincoln in, in the UK that does QA. And Tom Phillips at Eurogamer also has a report that focuses more on that. It's important, I think, to read these stories to know how those games are made. Um, oh, yeah. Even yeah, if you, you, you can apply the template just about any any AAA title. That has yeah, it seems worse for Rockstar. Honestly. Oh, I, I agree. I think they're. I think. I mean, who knows? Because no one will say. But uh, well, they do maybe, say in those reports. They, they do, but what I mean is, oh, who knows others, if others yeah. come forward and say, "Hey, we're worse than them." I mean, we're probably not going to yeah. hear that. But but it but it does give you this. I read the whole thing. It gives you this really crazy window into crunch 
the crunch culture in the games business and it's a problem yeah they've got to they got to work on that and the interesting thing is that even the people who suffer the most from it are saying we don't want people to boycott our, our game we want them to buy it and understand what we put our blood sweat and tears into um so you know if you were conflicted about playing it then don't be because yeah. they want you to play it so you're fine but i think it's incumbent on people um to who even wonder just a little bit about it to go and read the articles to at least be informed anyway also, uh, if, if all you do is walk away from that with a little bit better under understanding of how the sausage is made then you'll appreciate what you're paying for yes, more and why and in a lot of cases you'd be like geez 59 bucks for that like it's not it doesn't seem so expensive then like i'm not i'm not you know arguing that it's a good thing i'm just saying perspective is always good and it's I think it's better to know how your games are made instead of just wondering where the, you know, why isn't my magic thing in my hands yet? Hurry up and make it. Yeah. I think having a, big, a broader perspective would help people with that a little bit. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Um, all right. So I'm finally getting to what I was getting at after that very lengthy uh, description of issues with the game that I've had. And, and for the first, I don't know, three, four hours, I was just quipping on Twitter saying, ah, ha, ha, see how this is bad and see how this is ridiculous. And just like many people are and have been. Um, and I think getting back to the review scores, I think if you already are used to these quirks of Rockstar games, you're not going to pay much attention to it or, or to those quirks. If you're not, they're going to be a real showstopper. And so that's why I think getting reviewers who already like Rockstar games might smooth this over a little bit to get to the good part, which for some people will never come. Some people will stop at this and think this is bullshit and bullcrap and, and not explore further. <laughs> and that's a perfectly fine opinion. I think this game is not for everyone, which when you're saying it's not giving you the fun quickly like other games do, I completely agree and I will go further. I think this game does not care at all about current gaming conventions. It doesn't care that it's a triple A. I would say it's a quadruple A. It is incredibly detailed and, and uh, uh, realized as an open world, but it doesn't care about giving you the fun. Every step of that game, including the introduction, which is slow and methodical, tells you, you have to play this game slowly. Like every action you 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 do as Arthur Morgan, the, the main protagonist, is physically slow. Like when you want to open a drawer, you have to press a button that isn't a button press. It's a button, you know, with that little circle that feels up. So it feels up in one second, but it's still one second. It's not instant. And every action is that. Try to loot someone on the ground, you will turn them over, put your hand in their pocket, grab what's in, inside, and, you know, it's got to take two and a half seconds, but if you have 10 people on the, the field, between this and that, there's going to be a couple of minutes. In a couple of minutes, in Spider-Man or God of War, I would have completed a mission, you know? It's... <laughs> It's, right. No, what you're, so, what you're describing is absolutely the evolution in open world games. You absolutely are. I No, I, I'm saying I think there's something special, though, about not. I, I don't want to be punished for sure. Like, I don't like the feeling of being punished by a video game, but I like those details. It's like, but that's I my point. And dig that, in his pocket and get his thing. And there's something about it. It's just such a detailed world. And a world full of actions that are just as detailed, like fishing alone is one of the most detailed things I've ever done in a game in that game. And, and that's, I think, what I 
what I'm getting at is if you, you have to adjust your expectations when you enter that game in order to get something out of it. Because if you're expecting a standard AAA game, that, like all of them are, you know, Gears of War, Halo, uh, Assassin's Creed, Horizon Zero Dawn, all of them are paced a certain way and they give you the fun. You know, they're very arcadey. You come to them. And, and again, I love all of those games, but they, they make it easy. They're like a Marvel blockbuster. This mm. is, is something that doesn't care about your feelings. It doesn't care that you want the fun. It will, you have to adapt to it. It doesn't adapt to you. It's like uh, the thing that comes to mind is Interstellar or 2001 or, you know, whatever alter movie you can think of that is a little bit cryptic and you're not sure you know you have to work to enjoy a little bit and here the work involves as you mentioned slowing down and embracing the pace as i like exactly so when i when i embraced the pace when i figured out you know Maybe the reason I'm I'm running into people in town is that I shouldn't arrive galloping, you know. In 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 Spider Man, you're swinging building to building. You you know land into the crowd. You're not gonna land on someone and kill them. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's a game. In this one, when I get into town now, I slow down, and I mm-hmm. I do that as I would in an actual cowboy town uh, on my horse. Um, it's, and, and when you slow down, you take time to appreciate all of those little things that make that world, I don't want to say real because it's a cliche, but that make it so well realized. And you take in the incredible, incredible amount of detail that makes you feel like you're not really quite playing a game. But, but so the way I describe it is I'm saying you play an Arthur Morgan, Arthur Morgan simulator. That's mm-hmm. what this game is. Yeah, uh, it is kind of, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, uh, he quickly became, though I'll tell you the one worry I had very early is that I was not going to uh, a latch on to Arthur Morgan as much as I did uh, mm-hmm. with John Marston. John Marston, Marston yeah. Game. And... I ended he up really latching. Yeah. I ended up really latching onto him. Like I end up, I I I am a hundred percent Team Morgan right now, and I'm I like him even more than I thought I was going to. I thought I would just sort of say, well, he'll be equal protagonist in some way. I find him really interesting and fascinating, and um, his conflict of kind of do the right thing, but I'm in this gang doing bad things. I think is really well realized. Um, I think just having John Marsden around for missions and things is fun, just not in a nostalgic way, but in also like you're finally filling in some of the holes that we didn't know about John Marsden and his story. Um, and I think Arthur Morgan is is incredibly well realized in his cutscenes alone. He's so emotive and so well rendered and so so well represented that I I could not be happier with the character that they chose. And I wasn't so sure in those two hours of learning everything and kind of getting my my crap down but i am all in on that guy now i really like him yeah i agree i i i thought he lacked really lacked charisma from what we had seen before and i think it's it's a few things you know it's the the actor is great the voice actor is amazing um uh, really good. very talented good. guy yeah. yeah um and it's 
I don't know. It's it's very small things. Oh, this game is this game's value is in the infinite amount of small things that it offers you. Um, he, you're on your horse and you go through a little bit of foliage, and Arthur bends his head a bit to to avoid it. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. He, he you're riding uh, slowly, and he puts his hand down a little bit on on the side. And and then gets it back to the you know to to the horse or something. You feel like the character. Actually, I could stop there. You feel like the character. You inhabit him, and it's something that said like this. People would say, "Oh, you know, every that game did this and that game did that," but it's not the same thing. It's like when you're in the camp. You can't run. You you have a camp with your gang um, where everyone's hanging out, and and some people have been saying, you know, oh, it's so real, and like not every you have real interactions with people. Sometimes it's janky. Um, sometimes it's weird. But you're walking around from place to place. You can't run inside that camp. That mm-hmm. alone, like you can walk briskly if you want to, but that alone gives you a sense of presence when you're mostly there is some fast travel unlocked later um at at down the line i'm not there yet so obviously i didn't mention it but this is just impressions it's not really a review of the game but um the fact that you have to ride from one place to another you have no fast travel that was the case in red dead redemption one as well but the game is so pretty you don't want to do anything else you know, yeah. when you take the time to slow down, like yeah. I've been playing like half of my my game time is just trotting around in the fields and and maybe <laughs> taking out a bow to to shoot a deer to get the yeah. pelt, which, yeah. by the way, skinning the deer is going to take, <laughs> you know, <laughs> seven seconds of skinning. It's not like press the button, doop, 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 loot the thing, loot yeah, the thing. No, it's, it's intense. It's like yeah. this intense, very realistic split the thing open i don't know if you've skinned a rabbit yet but it's a that is something yeah yeah. as you skin these rabbits you literally and i found out this is how you do it if you're out in the wild you you do you grab a butthole and you pull it off like a sock in one fell swoop like it is really something to watch but uh yeah no i mean those things are like you you make a decision it's like i need meat so if i need meat i'm gonna have to go hunt i don't get to just run over some inventory and pick it up you know, the one place they let you get away with that is is ammunition when you're in fights and stuff. Um, so that's good. But uh, but yeah, they really want you to go for it. And the fishing was the same way. And the poker is the same way. And by the way, I could sit and play that form of poker for hours. Oh, Texas Hold'em is the best. Yeah. It's so good. And it's so well represented here. These grimy hands putting out cards and just a perfect little representation of old West poker. <laughs> and I don't think you're going to walk away with a ton of money because everyone's just doing 50 cents here at the max and that sort of stuff. But it's really funny to watch that. But, but yeah, what you're describing is, I mean, I had a moment, I'll just tell you about a moment I had that I just, Mm. I had to stop for a minute and just sit there on the horse and watch it happen. But I'm making my way on a, on a pretty big distance on my brand new horse. I tamed in the wild. There's also another process, a a pretty extensive one. I didn't realize you, you could do that. I mean, I'm sure you can. And they're awesome. Once you get them, you can get some amazing horses. I've got this stallion that was just this big, beautiful black monstrosity beast. I named him Jack. (laughs) But you have to tame him. You have to ride him and then kind of, you know, wear him out and then tame him a little more. And then once he's been with you long enough and you fed him a couple of times, he starts to trust you and he won't buck you off too soon. And then you get the benefits of 
better stamina, better health and all that. But anyway, <clears throat> it's a whole nother piece of the game. That's like this big, complicated, separate thing that I appreciate, but I'm on him. I'm making a big, long r- ride across forever. And the weather changes in real time as I'm going. It's just starting to get a little overcast, nothing too crazy. And then I'm starting to see really dark clouds way off on the mountain horizon. And then these big lightning strikes yeah, way yeah. out in the fields are just just way off in the distance, as realistic as anything I've ever seen. And I had to just stop and look at it. And sure enough, when I got out that distance, it's just pouring rain. I'm in the mud. You know, I need a shower after this. I'm covered in mud. I mean, like all of those kinds of details are just me traveling, just me getting where I have to go. And it's in some ways, if you are looking for your next Fortnite fix, this will be exhaustive to you. Yeah, no, absolutely. If you're looking for something where you're just immersed, like true immersion, that's what I'm finding. That's what I'm getting. In a way, I think that is impossible to do with a game that is faster paced than this. Mm-hmm. I think the yeah. the pace has a real role in game design. Um because if you're, you know, again, uh, taking examples of other games that I absolutely adore, like God of War or Spider-Man, um, you're rushing to your objective. The the thunder is crackling in the distance. You don't care. You know, it's just, yeah. oh yeah, it's pretty, but whatever. I have to go to the to the X to to do the thing. And sure enough, there are missions in Red Dead Redemption Two as well. But yeah, um, the 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 missions structure and the gunfight is are are kind of the the most mundane part of that game um yeah they're fun totally. they're well acted we didn't, and, talk, we didn't even talk about some of the amazing random events and this is the other thing i've done a, i do every random event i that i have or yeah. i see and i haven't had one that's ever even remotely the same yet they're all totally different with dialogue and weird behavior and you know uh, like some strange thing about a guy with a who's trapped under his horse and then there's a lady who's trapped under her horse but the reasons for the, why they're there are totally different and i can give her a ride back home or not if i do take her home i'm actually wanted in that town so i have to lay low like there's so much of that going on i just it's, i just and i'm finding it so natural like i'm just bumping up against it and going oh well i could stop and save this guy and oh i took out two o'driscolls oh, which means those guys are really pissed at me now and you know, like there's all of these little layers to every move I make. It's really a difficult game to explain the qualities of because I think any anything we describe, uh, a, a you know, a gamer is gonna recognize things that they have seen in other games, and they're gonna think, oh yeah, it's just like this or like that, and it kind of is, but really it isn't because it's pushed to a level of detail of uniqueness of minutia that Mm -hmm. takes it to a different category you know it's this game is a milestone and for all of its very real shortcomings which i think we've described um in the controls in the physics and the goofiness that happens sometimes there's tenfold of well not tenfold but there is uh, a good amount of I don't even know how to describe it. This world feels like the most real thing I have ever seen in a video game. Um, yeah. I'm riding around in, uh, you know, part of, parts of the, the, the county and I'm going to be hearing 
a, a little bit of a stream. Like the sound design is insane in that game. I hear a stream, I turn around, uh, I try to find it. Oh, I see there's a little, you know, it goes down here. The ground goes down in, in this direction. So I go there. I see a stream and I, I pass through it on the other side. There's animals, you know, you hear the brushes, rust, the, the branches rustling. When animals go through them, you hear the, the uh, flies flying around and you turn around and you see that fly that you heard. Um, yeah. Have you ever, it's, have you been bonkers. to Saint Denis yet? Bonkers. Oh yeah. Like when I'm, okay, here's an example. I'm, running around in that thing i was heading toward town and it was a muddy one of those just after the rain muds everywhere a little bit of fog oh by the and, way uh people make a big deal out of the uh snow deformation when you walk around in it and the mud yeah. there's a reason for that like it's it's crazy you you have carriages rolling in the mud they have the 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 ridges formed and your horse puts the the detail on that is like just that i I yeah. know it's in the game now. I've seen it like 15 times. I still angle the camera so I can see and marvel at the fact that my horse oh, sees. It's, it's incredible. I don't even yeah. know how PlayStation's doing this. Like that's, yeah. that's the other thing. I'm playing on a regular PlayStation. Mm. I saw it running on a Pro. It looked comparable uh, outside of 4K capability, I guess. But uh, but anyway, the, the, that kind yeah, of stuff is amazing. And I remember walking through, uh, clomping through some stuff, just kind of at a trot, getting to a town, and I had to go through some dry uh, dirt and then it got a little muddy and then it got real muddy and thick and then it got dry again. And as I'm trotting through that, speaking of the sound design, every single step had different nuanced sounds to it. I, I could tell it wasn't just like on and off like, oh, I'm on a hard clumpy surface with the gallopy sound and now suddenly I'm in a squishy one. It was more than that. It was a transitional sound between those two uh, states of where my feet are or where my horse's feet are. Um, you kill a deer and throw it over your shoulder to put it on your horse. But after you do your shoulder, your jacket's just soaked in blood. And it is yeah. for the rest yeah. of the day. Like, unless you get, find yourself in the river or you get a change of clothes or something, you got dried, stained freaking deer blood on your shoulder. And that's just the way it is because damn it, you killed a deer and you carried it on your shoulder. It's just, it, they really care about that stuff. And you know, all of those systems seem like details seem like gimmick. And, and I know that when I heard about the fact that oh, your hair grows and your beard grows and if you eat too much, then you're going to grow fat. And if you uh, uh, run enough, then you're going to increase your stamina and stuff like that. And all of these in any other game would feel like systems. In this, it feels organic. Like the, the, the beard growing is is not something or maybe the, the running is a better example it's not something that you're gonna you know okay i'm, I'm just gonna run for three hours of game time non-stop so my stamina is going to be super high it's not how you feel in the game and maybe you know after i don't know 30 hours that's how you're gonna feel but i don't think so you, your beard grows and your hair grows and it's just part of being arthur morgan you know arthur's hair would grow a little bit every day and his beard would grow a little bit every day and that's how i think it's received by the gamer it's not that the 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 system is there and you see through it and maybe at some point we will start seeing through all of the systems but all of these contribute to the feeling that this is a uh realized world and and they're all as i was saying 
an infinite number of, of small touches. There's nothing except maybe the sceneries, which are breathtakingly beautiful. Um, there's nothing spectacular about any of this. It's just taking the time to take in all of the details that make this game what it is. Um, so, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, it's difficult it's to so, It's really hard to explain, yeah. And, I, and, you know, people say, well, seven years and eight studios and hundreds of people will do that for you. Yeah, yeah, I know. But you could say that about a lot of games. Uh, you know, I'm playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey as well, um, or I was before this came out, and I'm sure I'll circle back to it. I really enjoy it. I think it's an awesome AC game um, and a pretty good RPG on its own right. And it's great, but it is the kind of world I should feel this way in because there's tons of detail there, you know? There's a lot there to be, but it's missing that stuff that you just described. Like that level of we're going to take this to the next level. Oh, you think this is detailed? How about we go this much further with it? And as a result, it feels a little more like an arcade experience compared to this. Yeah. And I just want people to understand that going into it, that what you're getting into, I think is very special, but it requires it requires you <laughs> and your <laughs> willingness. And I, and I don't mean that in a kind of a trite sort of like, well, the game just doesn't want to help you. Get good. I don't mean that. It's not the same as that. It's, it's just that we've got eight years behind us or more, you know, really we have decades of video games as we, as we get better and better at making them, there's more and more quality of life experience and there's better and better reasons to save more often or to quick travel or to do all these things that used to be a bigger pain in the butt. This game's not really thinking about any of that. It's not really interested in any of that. They're interested in taking you into a world and letting you be a part of it. You just have to be willing. If you're willing, it'll take you there. And, you know, I completely understand people who would think that, you know, who play through it and who think this is boring. Because, honestly, I'm not sure it makes for a better game. Um, What's a good game? I think we could argue about this forever. But this one has, you know, it really has indie qualities to it. In some respects, it's a, a triple or quadruple A. But it also is an indie game in some ways because you can feel that someone decided this is what we're going to, not just this is what we're going to do. This is what I want to do. And I don't care if it's good, if you like it, if you, whatever. I want to do this because this is my driving vision, you know? And this is how indie games are made. Of course, there's game design and all of this. And I absolutely agree with the people who say, yeah, but the, crappy mechanics and and looting and and gunfight is not super engaging i i agree i don't think it's the best it's there it's it's fun it's okay but it's not like the most fun you're ever gonna get moving a stick and pressing a button right like other games like i keep coming back to spider-man and god of war because they're the biggest uh, uh games that i've played this year but they're they're not it's not fun in that way um yeah, if you're coming, uh, by the way, if you're coming in hot with Spider-Man being the last game you played and, and you're diving into this, just be ready for some, sh- you know, there's some culture shock or not culture shock. There's <laughs> a, there's a, just a very different world you're entering that is a complete turnaround. It's nothing like Spider-Man yeah. and that doesn't make either wrong or right or whatever. Oh, I love it's, Spider-Man, but yeah, Spider-Man's amazing. It's just, it's just not the same. I was, I was talking about I was talking about this um, with with a friend on the French show, and he asked me, oh, you know, this world is so incredible. I think if you were uh, uh, if you were thinking about the perfect game as a kid, 
that's what you would have envisioned. And I disagree. I think the perfect game I was envisioning as a kid is Spider-Man. That's the kind of game I wanted when I was, you know, 12 years old. And I thought, one day we'll get that. Uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 is something that I didn't, re- you know, that I didn't really think could exist. in the mm. Or, you know, I didn't think that's where you needed to go to make a game. And I'm still not sure that's where you need to go to make a game. Um, but it's just something completely different in the way that an, an indie slash alter film can open your mind to... Not open your mind, that's again the wrong word. I'm trying to find the right words to describe this. It's very difficult. Um, But can show you something that you didn't necessarily think about or you didn't think you might enjoy. And maybe you will enjoy it, maybe you won't. Um, But there's uh, uh, this deliberate intent that we keep coming back to and we've said it, you know, 15 different ways already. um, When the pace is so slow that you start smelling the flowers, like almost literally. Um, yeah. <laughs> and there there are tons of parts of the game we haven't talked about. Like there's the whole relationship dynamic with the people in your in your gang. There's the way you can interact with people in the, you know, in, in the entire world, which I was a little bit disappointed to realize most of them are, hey, now nice horse you got there, fella. And they say, stay away from me. And you say, all right, all right keep your hair or something like if that guy's if if you like the way the witnesses work if somebody witnesses this murder oh but i'm not even talking about witnesses i'm talking about interactions with people in the wild yeah just regular old people sure but one of the the cool dynamic systems is if they get away they may turn you in if you interrogate them and scare them enough they may not but they may still like there's a lot of questions of whether they will and they'll investigate these crimes whether you're there or not the, and they'll do it in real time. You could hang around and wait for some lawmen to come and sniff around the crime scene and decide whether, you know, you're going to get put on a water poster or not. You can see all this stuff happening in real time. Or if you're off doing something else, it's still happening with or without you. It's happening. And that's interesting. If you sneak around and follow these people that got away, this is what you got to do, Patrick. The next guy who you pissed off, or even if it was just someone you walked by in town and had a little tiny argument with, turn around and follow that guy wherever he goes. He has a life. He yeah, goes to a no, place. Yeah. He walks into a house. He sits down with his family. He eats dinner. He has a bed. He gets up tomorrow. He gets on his horse. <laughs> like they don't disappear into video game land. They they're they're in the world all the time. That alone, even though it's kind of esoteric and hard to track, is kind of mind blowing. I think the result of this is that you feel that the world exists. And that yeah. you're just living in it. You're not the star of it. Um, yeah. I I had a moment where I uh, the sun was setting in the camp, and uh, Dutch, the leader, uh, came to the cliff, and he sat down and he started reflecting on the nature of being an outlaw and the world changing and what people want out of it and what you uh, expect out of it and the it's it's the writing it's the acting but it's more than that it's the fact that this moment was going to happen whether or not I was going to be there there's something you know many games have promised this and while it's not perfect in this one definitely isn't perfect the fact that it, it 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 achieves it more than any other game has before and that gives uh each character in that gang in that world a 
a, a quality of realness that is difficult to achieve. I think characters that achieve it are... It happens in very narrative games, like The Last of Us, again, comes to mind. You have a written, scripted relationship with every single character that you encounter. And obviously, after 10 hours, especially if the story is well-written, you're going to feel very close to many of them. In this game, it feels like you develop the same kind of relationships, but without the ultra-scripted nature. Of course, you have scripted moments, but it feels like the people become part of your surrounding organically again. We keep coming back to that idea, but... um, I mean, we're not even talking... You know, the funny thing is, we're not talking about the core elements of the game, which are you have a map, you get missions, you go to that mission marker, you start a mission, you do a mission that is going to take you 10, 15 minutes, and then you finish the mission. You can go back to the camp or not uh, if you want, which is very classic. You also have the camp mechanic where you can upgrade parts of the camp by donating, you know, skins or meat or money or whatever. Um, and, And that is also another part of the mechanic. And there are all of those systems that make the, you know, skeleton of the game game. Um, mm-hmm. But the meat is everything else. And I think the meat is what's important, you know? Yeah, I agree. It's the, it's the story beats. Um, I've been running with that Sean character, the Irish guy who we, who you, I don't want to spoil anything, but you basically, yeah. he's part of the gang. You get him loose and then you're hanging with him. He's a bit of a, a hot Sean? head. He's not Sean. Yeah. He's Kieran. No, Sean. Isn't it Sean? It's Who's the Kieran. Irish guy. Oh, wait, no, maybe, maybe I'm mistaken. You're not talking about the guy you capture. No, 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 sorry. Okay. Okay. The one that's part of your gang and is captured and you go get him, you get him loose. And now he's just kind of, Hey, you boys are so stupid. Why aren't we going? Like, just like one of those Irish guys. And he's, he's so good. So I'm, I'm, I'm hitting that stage in the game where the characterizations are really coming out. You're starting to see everybody's true colors. Uh, there, there are characters I do not trust at all. And there are some that I do. Um, I'm, I'm on pins and needles about John Marsden's ultimate fate with the, with the group, because we kind of know a little of that from the first game. And some of that's going to come to fruition here. It's going to be heartbreaking. Like there's a lot of just really cool stuff in that regard happening, but in between it all, I'm also, you know, I went and got a bunch of, or went and did a bunch of bounties just cause I wanted to, <laughs> and they were all unique and interesting and had kind of story of their own. And, and then I went fishing with a little kid and liked it so much. I went fishing by myself later and, and then, you know, so I had bait, like those kinds of things are really, really getting me. You're at the camp and you go out on a mission or bounty hunting or to town. And then you stop to hunt a little bit and then it's getting late. So you make camp and you wake up, you go to the town to get a bath and you see something interesting on the side of the road you get there it gets you to another town you've been away from from camp for a couple of days but then you come back to the camp and you give a little bit of money you donate a little bit of money to the common pot and it the camp is still there of (coughs) sorry the camp is still there waiting for you but it feels like you know you come back and they're like, who, who's there? Oh, Arthur. Hey. And, and yeah. tell, they tell you, like, I've had a couple of events happen and the people in that town remembered that event. But it never oh, yeah. felt like 
the script was telling them this event X happened, reference it in your um in your wording when you address the character. Right? It yeah. it felt yeah. like the town remembered it. Like when I yeah. went to see people two hours after, they were like, Oh, I saw the thing the other day that like earlier, that was crazy. And if I go two days later to another shopkeeper, they will say, Oh, you know, people are still talking about that thing that happened. And, you mm -hmm. know, I don't know if it was scripted like this or if they have, like, three different lines of dialogue depending on which order you go to. Like, but it doesn't matter. It felt like the town remembered, not that the script Remember Event X was engaged. Yeah, there's a different level of that going on. It's not the same as just simple scripting. There's a, there's a moment where I came to town after that bar, big bar fight I had there. And I came back into town, Valentine or whatever it is. And I pass a dude on a horse and I make a point of like saying hi to people because yeah, I say hi to everyone. I'm super honorable. Like I'm playing me like too. a good guy me too. Cause that's all I really can do. I can't yeah. be a jerk, but I'm, I'm <laughs> riding through there and I see this dude and I lock on him. I hit X and I go, Hey mister. And he goes, how you doing partner? Yeah. I saw what you did in the bar last week. I don't know if I'd come here this soon. Like he, it was the most organic <laughs> reminder that I had caused some trouble, a ruckus there a week before that. Was it the drunken, the drunken scene or? uh no although that oh, okay. was again this elaborate experience to make you to see what it would be like to be a blind drunk cowboy in a in a casino or in a in a, a, a splatoon splatoon what's wrong with me uh <laughs> what's it called a, 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 Gang? What you're, no when you're in the, the place the bar it's called a platoon saloon no, a saloon gosh dang it dude. <laughs> where the hell was that coming from anyway uh I, I think it's the best. It's the best drunken scene ever. It's oh, incredible. I've never. No, it's, nothing comes even close. Like next time this happens in Warcraft, or I drink like an alcoholic beverage, I'm just gonna laugh because that's <laughs> it's so good. And I know it's a different animal, but it's so well realized and it's just long enough. Like it, when it finally ends, I'm like, oh, okay, that's just about the time that I would yeah. have been frustrated with this. Exactly. And, exactly running out of there all drunk and jacked up oh my gosh it was so good yeah so good yeah. i could i mean we, we've been talking about this game for almost 50 minutes and i think we've it feels like we've repeated the same 10 minutes of things uh five <laughs> times because it's just so uh I, yeah. I, we probably have said a little bit more but um i i want to conclude our discussion about red dead redemption 2 by reiterating the the incredible beauty of that world like just like it did for red dead redemption one the one thing that comes to my mind it's not you know the bombastic end scene or the the story although i remember that too but the thing that i remember is first of all i think mexico wasn't necessary it was <laughs> a little bit too much but uh the, the the real thing i remember is coming over that hill at sunset and just slowing my horse down just to look around and it was, I felt like I was John Marston in that moment. In this game, every second is that. Whether it's beautiful, whether the sun is rising, whether the moon is up there, whether the sun is up, up high, whether it's raining, you know, if I'm near a, a stream of water, if, I'm, if I see a mountain in the distance, if I see a big, you know, rock formation... Everything, like, and I think that does a lot for the quality of the game. Um, you're never really bored because it's, if you're just looking outside, it's like, you know, 
it, it's a little bit like this in, in Finland right now where I live. I just look outside and it's so beautiful. I'm never bored of it. Uh, yeah. It's kind yeah, of like that. Be? It's a lot like that. I agree. It's like a place you just, it's a magical place and it always looks good and doesn't take you out of it. I never feel fourth wall about any of it. I mean, once in a while I'll slam into a wall and something weird will glitch. <laughs> like open world glitch. It exists in this game. It happens. Yeah. But, but if you just look at the world you're inhabiting and realize that I could, I could ride my horse to any one of those far off cliffs I can barely see and actually be there if I want to, or I can go find some hut in the middle of nowhere and get inside of it so close and so tight that I can look right up at the apple I'm about to eat in that building. Like, I think we are, we as just players are, are, because it's so well done, we don't think about what this actually is technically. It's super um, impressive. And there are plenty, you know, plenty of open world games out, out there with impressive things that they do. But this thing goes from your finger to the size of the planet in a, in a way that is boggling to me. And maybe not the planet, but the planet according to a cowboy, which is the entire open range of this part of the world you live yeah. in. And it feels endless. I'm sure there's a wall. I'm sure there's a part of the, some mountain where I, there's no pass. I'm sure there's an edge. But it, you never feel like you're going to see an edge ever. And, and that's you know every and again saying all of this praising all of it as much as i am i'm still not sure it's a quote-unquote good game you know because the <laughs> gamey part of it the gamey part of it is not that memorable um i mean it's still uh, technically it's a video game it's on a screen and it's interactive however little but whatever yeah, you know gun home is a it's a lot more control than say than something like Gone Home, which yeah, is Gone just Home. like a yeah, exactly. simulator, or something like um, that's a better example would be like uh, I'll forget who makes those games, but like Detroit. Um, oh yeah, yeah, uh, David Cage. Right. Um, yeah, oh, heavy, it. heavy rain, that stuff. Yeah. It's it's just a lot of you know, it's like Telltale games. It's a lot of simple movement or whatever, and then you get story, and then you get simple movement or whatever. And this game, it's way more than that. Like there's yeah, way more. It, happening and if those are uh a quantic dream by the way it's quantic dream oh um, that's who it is if if those are games then yes this is definitely a game but i do wonder sometimes um if the the simulation the way they're pushing the simulation isn't a deterrent to the enjoyment of the game i think ultimately after you know 15 20 hours whatever it is i've come down the side of Yes, it is fun and it does bring something. But the the example that came to me was the comparison that came to me was Shenmue. You know, Shenmue was trying to model a world or at least a town um, in a way that hadn't really been seen before. And what ended up happening was you would, you know, ride a, or drive a forklift all day because you had to work to make money to pay for stuff. And like. I don't really want to work in a game. And and there is some of this in this game. You know, yeah. do I want to if I'm if I have to go to a town that is uh uh whatever 50 miles away and I only have a horse, do I want to spend the in-game time of 15 or 20 literal minutes riding well maybe it's a little bit I'm exaggerating, but it's a good 5-10 minutes minimum. Um to go to that place. Do I want to do that for the sake of making it a realistic simulation? I, I Ultimately, I like it, as I was saying, because it's so beautiful, but I don't know that the answer is necessarily yes. Um, I don't know. 
Yeah, I. This is a hard question. I mean, all I know is I'm feeling I'm feeling now and in an even a deeper way that the same as I was feeling in 2010 when I was playing Red Dead One. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. feeling that again, and and it's it's making it's, you feel young again. Oh, it's making me feel so many things. It's just it's everything I want. It's everything I want, and yeah, could there be uh, you know some control stuff tweaked or you know better button mapping in terms of like what does what and when yeah probably but now i'm kind of used to it so it's like not bothering me really mm. um anymore I, I i don't know honestly i don't know what they could do to make this even more of what i want because right now it's really what i want yeah. and i'm and i'm yeah. way in on it like i'm gonna see it to the finish i'm gonna i'm gonna go crazy when the online hits i'm very interested to see what they do with that um it's i think it lives up to the expectation that i had and it it wasn't i wasn't sure in the first couple of hours like you can be with some games like i feel like you can play spider-man in the first two hours you know you're in you're like oh yeah yeah this is this is gonna be fun all the way throughout um that this one was a little bit like oh right 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 this is a this is a slow move we gotta just kind of get ease in here feller you know you can't just dive in and expect I, all the best sequences and and enough that was that was the case my le- but i'll agree with you about the work thing my least favorite mission in this thing is when i had to round up a bunch of sheep and get them to a <laughs> some guy's pen i hated that that sucked that's work i don't want to do that so th- thankfully there's not too much of that gta had one where i had to move a bunch of containers around on a on a dock i don't remember that but it, that freaking sucked so it's not like they're free of these things that are kind of lame but the overall package has just been just minute to minute one of my favorite things i love it i think ultimately if we if we can draw to a conclusion now with this um whether or not you like it it's a game that is exceptional um what it does no other game has done and i think it's possible that no other game will ever do because it costs so much money and time and effort and crunch and all of this um, I don't know that anyone can do this or wants to do this. I mean, the $725 million in three days that they're getting might be some kind of incentive. But sure. it's. I think there are possibly easier ways of making money. Um, but it's an incredible game. And everyone who... Not everyone will like it. I think the people who won't like it and who will level criticism at it about its systems and physics and shortcomings are going to be very justified in those criticisms. But I also think that the people who will manage to look past those issues and take out of the game what it has to offer are going to live through something that they will never forget, possibly just as much as we all did with Red Dead Redemption 1. And, and possibly more, um, because I've been playing it for 20 hours and I'm still marveling at, at parts of it in a way that I, I, that I wasn't... I, I don't think, you know, I found the, the, the lighting effects pretty in Spider-Man. Um, mm-hmm. I have never felt that way you know horizon zero dawn has really nice graphics god of war has wonderful art direction 
Um, there are moments in Destiny when you are stricken by the design of that that space world. I've never lived anything like this. This feels... I'm going to conclude as I kind of started during the the this discussion. This feels like I'm inhabiting the body of Arthur Morgan and looking through his eyes at a... a, a blindingly beautiful environment yeah. uh, it almost doesn't feel like i'm playing a game because everything is so slow and deliberate and everything takes so freaking long um <laughs> that it, it almost doesn't feel like i'm playing a game and i know we say this about different games at different times but this it's it's different it's not the same no and it's hard to describe yeah uh which you said earlier and i agree i don't know how to describe it very well um I do feel I do feel like it's safe to say though that if you are already a Rockstar fan, you've already bought the game, so we're not even yeah. talking to you. <laughs> sure. If you were somebody, because this is all in the line of what they do, but if you are somebody who's never played the first one or whatever, but you have a really strong interest in in the milieu of the old West and um, kind of the way we've we've mythologized it throughout the years as a country, it's really our mythology. It's all we have. Um, as a very young nation, I think that you would really like this and it would just take, you know, it's going to take a little bit of getting your, getting your hands around it. But once you do, I just feel second nature to me. I think about it all the time. I'm bummed. I can't take it with me to BlizzCon. And even then I wouldn't have time, but I just, I'm going to think about it (laughs) while I'm thinking about Blizzard games, I guess. You know, I think the biggest key indicator of what I think about it is going to be saying even as I was making fun of the game's shortcomings on Twitter in my super quippy way as everyone does on Twitter uh, about this game specifically you can see those tweets running around and you know that it's being made fun of with reason for those aspects as I was making fun of it I was realizing that I was still thinking about the game and the world and wanted to get back into it um so th- something did grab me uh in it yeah well i'm glad you're kind of, you're you're coming around oh i did come around i'm i'm yeah. now uh uh very I, I i'm thinking about it i i've had a busy week uh or beginning of the week uh and weekend and i just want to play that game <laughs> know. you know i, I just want to, i haven't had enough time to play it as much as i would want and I'm thinking about wanting to play it, even as I'm not sure it's a great game game. I just want to experience this more. Yeah, so. I just want to be in there more. And mm. the online is, I'm, I'm very, very cautiously optimistic about. They've learned a lot from GTA Online. That thing has been a cash cow for them. So they are motivated to keep it going. If they can do some really cool mm. stuff here and keep it in the world, like make it, don't get too goofy with it you know go tropey with it with the cowboy stuff like we're taking over this ranch or whatever the things we're going to be doing but uh keep it keep it in that vein and oh i'm you know it could be this game i just play for years and years and years you know i don't think i'm going to be playing the online too much i don't know we'll see but uh, i played gta or sorry uh, red dead ones online like crazy and it was super limited there wasn't really but you know you're you're like a, a cowboy I don't know, furry. Like if there I was this, stuff. I know you're right. I'm a cowboy furry. <laughs> I mean, I, I really do. I love it. I, you know, the way that, I don't know. It's just, the, it's one of the more unique and favorite no, things 
genres I love. I just love it. And I and I love Westerns. I love the movies. I love TV stuff. I love it. All that. And, and you know, this is feeding that, feeding that beast big time. I don't think this game or this kind of game would be possible in another environment. I can't really think of any, like, it, it can't be in the modern world. It's too hectic for that. Maybe any kind of, and even European medieval settings wouldn't work for this. Um, Asian medieval-ish, you know, that kind of time period wouldn't work either, I don't think, maybe. But the, the, the Wild West, or it's not so wild anymore West, is such a perfect setting for that kind of thing. Um, even the way they talk as a European, you know, it, it's, it feels like something unique. So anyway, we've, we've rambled enough. Um, <laughs> let's, let's wrap it up. I, I don't think we can say a lot more about uh, Red Dead Redemption 2. If, if you... It, it's perfectly okay to not like this game. Um, if you like it, it's going to be something really special, though. Yeah, I think so too. So uh, let us know. Give us your feedback. I'd love to hear what some of your listeners yeah, come back. Absolutely. With. Yeah. How are you feeling about this game? Because you know I have stars in my eyes, but that, that's <laughs> going to make me awful biased when it comes to any you know any hard anybody out there that says to me I hate that game. I don't even have. I can't even talk to them. I can't have a conversation. <laughs> I'll admit that. So by, but less biased Patrick will look at your emails and parse it accordingly. Exactly. Just, you know, come to frenchspin.com and leave us a comment on uh, this show's page and uh, we will read them and respond. Or you can uh, come to Twitter and let us know. Uh, Scott, where would people go to hear more of what you have to say, including Twitter? Uh, Twitter, you can find me at Scott Johnson and, uh, that's a fun place to be, especially this week. I'll be doing all kinds of stuff in BlizzCon, but if you want to follow all the other stuff I have, check out the shows I do some, even with Patrick again, uh, you can find over at frogpants.com. Oh, that's what, that was it. I thought there <laughs> yeah, was going to be something. No, and, I'll okay. start, and I'm starting a red dead two pot. No, I'm not. I'm not. Oh, okay. No uh, it, you, you know, you could do it on live on Twitch, play red dead with Scott or mm-hmm. something like that while at BlizzCon. Um, for me, it's not Patrick on Twitter. Not Patrick, it's one word. Not Patrick, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. As I said, frenchspin.com is the place to go to listen and comment on this show. You'll find another couple of things there as well. And uh, I think that's going to be it. You know, I think we're going to be talking about Red Dead Redemption 2 for a while because we've only been playing it for a little bit and uh, there is a lot more to say a lot more to experience and a lot more to think about these are even for someone who has played you know 70 80 hours like the comp- campaign is 60 or so hours uh, even for someone who has rushed through the game to play it they can give you their review which is going to be essentially raw impressions things can mm-hmm. change over time so i think we're going to be talking about this game and adjusting our our opinions uh throughout the the year and towards the end of the year so We'll see how that turns out, and uh, we will talk about it in the next episode, I'm sure. Um, We might do a BlizzCon special for the next one, maybe towards the end of the week or beginning of next week. We'll see what happens, and we'll be back with a regular episode in a couple of weeks. So we will talk to you then. Have fun, and let us know what you think about the Dead Redemption 2. Bye!